Hi family! It's our first week of Advent. A few more weeks and it's Christmas. What a wonderful time of year to remember the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the giver of life. In the next four weeks, for our Christmas message, we'll be talking about the attributes of God. So let's pray. Jesus, I pray that you will be glorified, that you will be honored today, and that you will be made known to the whole world. In your name we pray. Amen. The first attribute of God is His power. I want to talk about God's power. We remember how powerful our God is. He's not called Almighty God for nothing. Last week, I mentioned that He holds the whole universe together. He sustains the universe together. Only a powerful God can sustain and maintain such a feat. He created the heavens and the earth. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He can calm the storm with just a whisper. He can summon His army of angels and can destroy anything if He wishes to. He's without a doubt the true ruler of the earth and the entire universe. However, the funny thing is, when He came to earth, you know, I don't know if you love the movie Star Wars, you know, Jesus did not come like Darth Vader did in Star Wars with all His legions and army, you know, with all the space, what, what do you call that, spaceship. God could have landed on earth with all His glory, with probably a show of might, a show of force, a show of power with His angels, but He did not. He came to earth in a very humble, humbling way. He came to earth born of the Virgin Mary. He was born in an animal pen or a farmhouse. And he was laid down in an animal trough in a, ma in a manger. This King of Kings was born in a very, very humbling situation. Do you know what a manger is? I haven't seen an actual manger, but I know it's a rack for father. Father, not father, father. <laughs> it is found in the most, uh, in most stables, okay, in farmhouses where animals would eat. It's used to feed animals. Our Jesus, our King of Kings, wasn't born in a hospital. He wasn't born in a clean bed. He wasn't there with doctors to tend for him. No, he was born in a feeder. Feeder. Why? Obviously, he was trying to prove a point. He was setting an example of what true power is. I think that's, that's where the, the term down to earth came from. Jesus literally came down to earth like a human, a normal human being, even lower than a normal human being, to be one like us, to experience what the poorest of poor is experiencing, to show what is really, what real humility is, and to set the standard for leadership, for love, for mercy, and for grace. Today, as I explain how powerful God is, his power is demonstrated in a way that is so different from what the world sees and how the world defines power. The world tells us that in order to be powerful, you have to be shrewd, right? You have to lord it over other people. You have to have a lot of money. You have to be strong. You have to be influential. That's what powerful is in our world today. To a certain degree, you have to have a position of authority, right? To some, it may be popularity, fame, and fortune. That's the way to power. While all these give someone power, these actually weren't the ways of Jesus. 
Looking back in history, there's so many powerful people in the world and in the world standard. One of them is Hitler. Hitler was such a powerful German leader, very influential and capable. Vladimir Putin, okay, they're now at war with Ukraine, right? Was voted the world's most powerful man four times between 2013, I believe, to 2016. Another powerful person is, uh, is the, he's very popular because uh, he's from China, Xi Jinping. He holds a firm grasp on China's only political party. It's like a dictator. In March this year, China's parliament amended its constitution, broadening Xi's power and scrapping term limits. Pope Francis is another leader. He's the leader of the head of the Catholic Church and the sovereign uh, leader of the Vatican City State. He's among the most popular world leaders, having followers all across the globe. Another very uh, popular and powerful person today is Elon Reeve Musk. Okay, he's a business magnate and investor. He's the founder, CEO, and chief engineer of SpaceX, angel investor, CEO and product architect of Tesla Incorporated, and owner and CEO of now what is you know everybody knows Twitter, right? With an estimated net worth of around two hundred forty billion dollars, as of November 18, twenty two, Musk is the wealthiest person in the world according to Bloomberg Billionaires Index and Forbes real-time billionaires list, and he's very powerful. Another guy is, of course, Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos is the first American entrepreneur on the list of the most powerful people in the world in 2022. He's the founder and CEO of the multinational technology company, Amazon. According to Forbes, as of June 2021, his estimated net worth is more than $200 billion, making him the second richest person in the world. All these powerful men are very influential and powerful in a worldly sense. But the question really is, did they create a legacy for God? Did they use their power and influence to advance God's kingdom? How will people and their families, family members, remember them for? question to you is this, how would you like to be remembered for? Jesus wasn't even as wealthy. He wasn't even as influential like these guys during his time. However, today, God, what he did 2,000 years ago, has impacted more lives than anyone in history. How is Jesus such an influence to many people? In what ways is he powerful? Why is his legacy multi-generational? What kind of power does he possess? Why is he being celebrated in Christmas year in and year out? I have a few points to make mention. Jesus used his power in a different way, not the way the world uses their power. My first point, Jesus demonstrated his power by loving people. Jesus demonstrated the power to love. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. To make it personal, while you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. He died for us. Not when we're good, not because we read our Bibles, not because we pray, while we were still sinners. Christ died for you. This is a true demonstration of his love. 
true demonstration of his power. And being found in appearance as a man, Jesus became man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Wow, this is, folks, this is an actual show of force and power. He didn't use might. He used the tool called love. He humbled himself by dying for your sins, by dying for our sins, because he loved us. Tell him, folks, that he loves you so much that he's willing to die for you. He's willing to do anything for you. Man, that is power for me, right? My second point, Jesus shows us the power to be selfless. Oh, this is so hard. No, I, you know, as human beings, we are self-absorbed. We're always full. Our egos, our pride, we're always thinking of ourselves, right? So hard to be selfless. But Jesus, the almighty Jesus, uses power to show us what, how to be selfless. He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. John 3.30 Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. How can you love your neighbor as yourself? God knew. God knew in his wisdom that all of us, we love ourselves more, right? But he's saying to us, love your neighbor, love the people around you more than you love yourself or as yourself, the way you love yourself. That's all he's asking. The power to be selfless. Very important. Jesus said, Father, you know, when he was dying, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. Wow. If you were in Christ's position and people were killing you and he would say, Father, he looks up to the sky and says, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Can you imagine that? He was still thinking of the guys who are actually killing him. And then the soldiers gambled for his cloth by throwing dice. They were gambling in front of him when they were, about, they were killing him. A true example of a powerful person who can be so selfless. It's another verse. But I say to you who listens, love your enemies. Whoo! Love your enemies. Do what is good to those who hate you. What? Bless those who curse you. What? Pray for those who mistreat you. It takes a very selfless person to do that. Unless we experience the love of God, His selfless nature, we won't be able to do that. But because God exemplified that and showed it to us, we too are now capable of loving our enemies. We too are now capable of doing good to those who hate us and bless those who curse us. Because Jesus showed us that kind of power. My third point. Jesus shows us the power to sacrifice. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continu continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name, and do not forget to do good and to share with others. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. God is pleased. When we use authority, our power, or whatever we have, to be selfless and be sacrificial. 
God is trying to be an example of what true sacrifice is. I know it's easy to sacrifice, give your life for your family, for your loved ones. But is that true sacrifice? Jesus, Jesus showed us what true sacrifice is all about. Even when we, he was without sin, even when we were the ones who did the, the bad things, he sacrificed for the sinners. He sacrificed his life for us. And with that kind of sacrificial power, okay, I believe Jesus set the example. God is pleased with that. My last point, Jesus exemplified the power to serve, to serve. You know, first time many books have written about leadership and they say the greatest leader is the servant of all. And Jesus is the servant of all. He exemplified the power to serve, to serve others. In Philippians 2 verses 3 to 4, it says, instead of being motivated by selfish ambitions, ha, I'm guilty, right? Sometimes we have all these ambitions or vanity. I'm guilty again. <laughs> Each of you should, in humility, be moved to treat one another as more important than yourself. God, teach me real humility. Teach me to be to look at myself as less important than others. Very important. Each of you should be concerned, not only about your own interests, but about the interests of others as well. Another verse, for, your, for you brothers were called to freedom. Freedom. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity to gratify your flesh, but through love make it your habit to serve one another. It is a tendency sometimes to just gratify our flesh. It is our tendency to do what we want, our selfish ambitions, right? But it says, but through love, make it your habit. Make it something that you do on a regular basis to serve one another. Sitting down, Jesus called the 12 and said, anyone who wants to be first, how many of you would like to be first? Raise your hands, right? I can see your hands. If you want to be first, he said, you must be the very last and the servant of all. So just to summarize what I mentioned, Jesus with all his might, his glory, his power, his abilities, how did Jesus show us what power is? Why are we looking up to this God, to this Jesus year in and year out? Because of his power. He is one that we look up to because Jesus demonstrated the power to love. Jesus shows us the power to be selfless. Jesus used his power for sacrifice. And Jesus exemplified the power to serve. Jesus used all of that for us. This Christmas, we remember our Lord and Savior for these attributes. To love, to be selfless, to be sacrificial, and to serve. These are not signs of weaknesses, folks. In fact, they're signs of power of influence that can impact, impact people for generations to come. This is why we celebrate Christmas. Amen.